Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. Today, I am beginning the, one of the categories, a series about uh, interviews with missionaries who are serving around the world, and I'm excited about um, beginning to roll these out for you. One reason why this is important to me is that in my work as a volunteer on the mission field and as an advocate and support person here at home, I've noticed one common thing that happens, and that is we in the West, the Western church, tends to uh, lose contact with its missionaries that we send around the world, even if they come from our own church or even our own family. And I think it's just really human nature that causes that. When someone is not a part of our daily lives that we don't see on a regular basis, we tend to not think about them as often. And the challenging thing or the sad thing is that um, that causes us not to be as involved with uh, people that we send around the world as missionaries. And we do lose touch, and we don't support them as well, and we don't pray for them as as they need our, our intercession as they are serving in places around the world. But with today's technology, that really uh, we don't have much of an excuse for not staying in touch. It's just too easy to talk to them via email, text, um, Skype, all kinds of ways that we can interact with people who are in different places of the world. Um, and so what I hope that this accomplishes as about on a monthly basis, you hear from different people that are serving in different places around the world, that it'll be a good way for you to, to uh, reconnect or connect with new people. And you can pray for them. You can hear their stories. You can decide to uh, support some financially, and that's one way that we can um, stay in touch better than we do. And so with each of these interviews, I'm going to follow a, a real simple ta- uh, template. It's just a series of questions that, that we will go through that you'll hear in this interview with the couple that I'm interviewing today. And it's basically, you know, where are you serving? If they're able to tell us, not everyone will be able to, but we can talk about maybe the general location uh, how long they've been there, why they went, why they felt like they should go. And then we'll talk about the kind of work that they're doing as much as they're able to share and talk about and you know, listen to some of the stories that they share with us, which for me personally is very inspirational. And uh, God uses these stories to stir in me um, a desire to to reach out to those in different places of the world. And so we'll get into some of that. And then as well, we will talk about some of the challenges that they face and that will help us to know how to pray and intercede for them and and then we'll talk about uh, if not in the interview I will always have a way that you can get in contact with these missionaries to receive maybe information that they they send out but also if if you feel so called to to really partner with them with both prayerfully and financially that you'll know how to do that so that's what we'll do here today and then also in upcoming episodes so a little bit about the couple that I'm interviewing uh, in this episode. Uh, they are family members of mine, Caleb and Jessica Camp. And so, yep, same last name. Caleb is my uh, brother's oldest son, and he and Jessica have been married for a few years now. And so we've, you know, Jessica's been part of our family for for quite some time, and and um, I love them greatly, and excited to be able to to not only connect with them as a family member, but also to hear what God's doing through them and in them as they serve. And they are in a town in Japan, and I'm going to let them uh, tell you in the interview exactly where it's at. And so let's go ahead and join the conversation. 
Caleb and Jessica, it's really good to talk to you today. And if you want to just say hi to everyone that's listening. Hello. Hey. <laughs> um, and so um, I'm going to jump right into some questions, if that's okay. And just we'll just let this go where it goes. And if we if we get through all these questions, that's great. I may jump around if we're kind of, you know, kind of following a train of thought, or if you want to chase a rabbit, I'm cool with that as well, okay? All righty, sounds okay. good. All right, so uh, a lot of people, of course, if they're not, you know, friends and family, have no idea where you guys are at, so you want to take a moment and tell tell everybody uh, where you're working and how long you've been there? That'd be great. Sure. All right, so uh, we are in a city called Kitakyushu, Japan. Um, it's 15 hours, roughly, uh, south uh, southwest of Tokyo, um, on the southernmost the northern it's the northernmost city, on the southernmost large island in Japan. So it's kind of like sounds confusing, but if you look at a map, you can uh, you'll you'll see what I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> so we've been here for seven months now. Is that yeah, right? seven months. Um, yep. Yeah, we got here in February of uh, 2016, and we are. Probably just now to the point where we're really starting to feel comfortable in almost every aspect of living here. Eight months, actually. So it's been actually eight months now. That's yeah, okay. that's really good. Um, I'm just curious. I don't have this. You know, I didn't send this question, but um, did y'all feel like y'all hit a wall sometime, like around month <laughs> five or six or before? <laughs> Well, the summer, okay, so we got here in February, and the summertime is the busiest time of year for the ministry here that we're working with. Okay. And um, about the end of that ministry, we got, uh, yeah, we hit that wall, but it's because we were just so busy mm -hmm. on top of jet lag and on top of culture shock and mm -hmm. everything else. Same for you, yeah. Jessica? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think I felt... Um, culture shock a lot more than Caleb did about six months in of, we were already pretty settled and knew that we're right. going to live here and we're committed to this. Um, so I wasn't really shocked by that, but what made it really difficult was just the whole summer of ministry and being exhausted. And then on top of that, a lot of, um, the things about the culture that were annoying or frustrating, <laughs> Um, we're compiled uh, <laughs> at that moment. So. <laughs> yeah, you're describing typical culture shock. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. Now, it, you know, we experienced that when we lived in Thailand. Of course, you know, we came back. You know, we were only there six months, and it was around month five that that's what we were hitting. And then, by the time we really started feeling like settled in, like you just described for you guys, it was time for us to come back home. And so that mm. was. <laughs> That made a double, like a double whammy for us. But yeah, uh, it reminded me of uh, the first time that I was in Japan, in Tokyo, and I was there for, you know, about ten weeks. Right. And about the time that I was leaving, was the time that I was, you know, feeling like, hey, I could actually live here. Right. You know, that was when I was really just starting to, just um, figure the basics out, <laughs> and then we're turning around and flying back home. Right. Very similar. And uh, so that um, takes me to another question. I don't know if you want to share, if and if you know if it's changed or not, but how long you plan on uh, serving there? Uh, we plan on serving here for two years initially. Mm -hmm. And um, then after that, we would, uh, we'll go back to the States for some amount of time to 
attempt to uh, raise funds and, um, you know, just assuming that everything's uh, kind of the same as it is now, raise funds and then return to Japan uh, for a longer period of time, probably like five years or so. Okay. Does your mom and dad know that? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been, you know, uh, that's kind of been the plan from uh, the beginning anyway. Okay. Hadn't changed yet, anyway. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't know that it's fully um, been absorbed. Yeah, that that's true. Thing. It's not completely sunk in yet. And <laughs> I think, um, yeah, and as Caleb's kind of alluding or you know insinuating that it's you know if things do continue in the path that you're on now, sure. that's what you plan on doing. So yeah, I understand that. Right, because when we started this, you know, I had no idea that. If you would have told me two years ago that we would be living in Japan, I wouldn't have believed it. Right. And so God can do anything and change um, people's lives, and it can be places they never expected. So right. we're wholeheartedly seeking God's will. That's cool. So what is one or two things that influenced y'all's decision to make this move? To you know, you're, you're both from Texas, right? Um, yeah. And... Never had, other than the time that Caleb, you were in Japan a few years back, um, you, you've been in the States the whole time. And so what, what influenced you guys to make the move over to Japan and serve there? Well, uh, I'll, I think we need to both answer this question, but yeah, since we, you know, we've been married for a relatively short amount of time. So, um, you know, for me, yeah, I've grown up in Texas, but, um, my church has, uh, the church that I've grown up in has uh, continually given us the opportunity to go outside of Texas um, to, you know, serve Jesus there, you know, by serving people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've gone, uh, I've, I've been into Mexico and Canada and all just a sm- kind of a scatter, a smattering of states um, doing that kind of stuff. So I feel like from a young age, uh, I've had that practice. But also, um, you know, I mean, I've heard about missionaries my whole life. And, you know, even in college, I studied it in a lot more detail. Um, and so, you know, the idea is not new. Uh, but for me, it is, I mean, you know, to really carry it out. But why not? You know, I feel like that's um, talking to God and saying, hey, wherever you want to send me, whatever you want me to do, I'm open to that. That's, uh, you know, really following Jesus with your life. I think, um, man, there's been so many things that God has used to prepare uh, me for this adventure. Um, but it all started when God called me to missions at 13. And then after that, I did a Bible study with a small group of high school students that I started with my friend. And we went through Experiencing God. And um, lots of people talk about this book and how it's influenced them. But it really did have a it helped me grow so much um, for me realizing that my faith wasn't just something that I sit on and do nothing about, um, but it was an active and growing thing and that at any point God could call me to do anything and that I need to be willing to be like Abraham and just pick up everything and go to the land that God is showing me. And um, so from that point, it's been a continuation of that. Over and over again, God reminding me, 
I am the boss and I'll change your life. Um, but it's going to be good, whatever I'm putting you um, responsible for or in charge of or whatever I'm asking you to be um, part of. It is all for my glory and it's going to be good. So God used things like that book and our church planting class in college and lots of other believers in my life. Um, I couldn't be where I am if it wasn't for other strong Christians who were in my local church who told me, hey, I see this in your life and, um, you know, you should really pursue this. Um, from everything to children's ministry to missions, um, they all encouraged me and helped me grow. And then before we came here, um, I was on staff at our local church in Crosby, mm -hmm. at First Baptist. And I loved working there. Um, I really did and doing children's ministry. But um, that staff there was so willing to encourage us and to help us with this move. Um, it was incredible. Just people who said, if we're going to lose a staff member, the best way to lose them is to the mission field. And um, so, yeah, we're going to help you get there and help you keep serving God if that's what he has planned for you even though it means we're losing somebody in the end. <laughs> sure. So, um, all of those things all together have really, really shaped this. <laughs> yeah, well said, guys. Well said. No, and I would imagine that they were not seeing it as losing you guys, but sending you guys. And that's yeah. really what churches should be all about anyways, is raising up people and sending them, What whether it's, other side of the world where you guys are at, right? Or other side of the city or right. wherever it is. And so uh, I applaud uh, the local church you were part of. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. It's one of the best. I mean, I'm bragging on yeah. them, but. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they always, I mean, you know, like our church, uh, our slogan or motto or whatever has been uh, across the street and around the world. And so every time I would talk to them, I would say, okay, guys, you know, you guys, I've been going across the street with you guys for, you know, years on end now. I've grown up doing that, and I'm going around the world now. And, you know, you guys need to ask God if he's asking you all to be a part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, further a part of that. They've already been such a part of that by literally raising me up to uh, to live this life. So. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you do. What's um, Sure. You can either talk about... The kind of work y'all been doing, as you mentioned, during the summertime, it was a lot of ministry kind of stuff. You could give me a typical day if you want, or if there's a cool story you want to share, you know, whatever you want to do on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, you know, I've been thinking as we've lived here, uh, people will ask, what does a typical day look like? And I've thought about even doing, a, you know, like a video about oh, it, but yeah. it's really just not a typical day. It's kind of, <laughs> every day is different, but yeah. Uh, um, there's a typical ebb and flow of our ministry that we're still learning um, because we've only been here uh, less than a year and usually after a year you understand a little bit more about what you're doing. Um, but typically our weeks are um, Tuesdays we have Bible study with um, women in the community who are moms or uh, college students and they want to learn English but more importantly they want to learn the Bible. and. Um, that was started by our uh, co 
our partners, um, Marlon Rocky. Mm -hmm. And so we do that Bible study every week. And then on um, Thursdays, we have a Bible study um, with moms that are part of our um, part of our fellowship and those who are kind of part of our fellowship, like they would come to our church more if they could, but it's, um, it's a, a ways to drive and sometimes there's complications. Um, but these ladies really want to grow and learn more about the Bible. So we have that Bible study every week. Um, twice a month, we do a Bible study at a local school at St. Andrew Queen. And really that's a fascinating story. Um, when we got here, we um, went to chapel because Marla and Rocky do chapel. Um, and just, it's a Christian school, so they do worship and then they lead um, like a Bible time, a short Bible message mm-hmm. in English. And um, it's been really good. But from that, they had been talking over and over again for years, asking them, hey, could we start a Bible study? with the girls here at the um, at the school. And over and over again, they just said, oh, that's a good idea, but never really started anything. Mm-hmm. And even though they had pursued them, it had been a no, 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 no kind of thing. Um, and then when we got here, we suggested it, saying, hey, I'd love to do a Bible study with your girls if you're willing. And um, so God just really gave us this opportunity because um, they were like, yeah, and really excited about it. And so um, they said, hey, um, if you're willing, we will let you do a Bible study once a month. Hmm. And we said, well, we'll see your once a month and raise you too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we do that twice a month now. And we actually came back from that today. Those Mm -hmm. girls are really, um, they go to a Christian school, but they are not Christians. And they're learning about the Bible as a textbook. And so it's good for them to be around people like us who really believe in Jesus. And it's not just a textbook. It's an everyday relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, so they get to see that and go, huh, there really is something to this Christianity other than memorizing a bunch of facts about God. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, from there we have a... um... Every Friday, we have an after-school club program where we teach um, Bible and English uh, to elementary school kids um, down to preschool. And uh, Jessica teaches preschool in that, and I help out with the older kids. Um, and, you know, I also help out with music. Um, and it's, uh, how long does it go, like for an hour and a half or so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe two hours. Yeah, about two hours every Friday. And we have a lot of church members that are involved with that. And then we've also got, uh, that's also kind of an outreach thing. Yeah, that's our main outreach. And um, and then after that, we have those moms and those families. They'll come and eat dinner at our houses mm-hmm. um, once a month and just talk to them about our church and get to know them and um, find out more about them. Um, because we're, we don't hide the fact that we're Christians in this mm-hmm. after school program. It's very... It's pretty much Sunday school yeah, it's Jesus with up front, English. You know? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So these parents who have signed their kids up, they're they're curious about Christianity, and so they get to see a little bit more about um, a little more of that when they come mm-hmm. to our houses. And then also on Saturday we have our actual church, and yeah, our 
as this is kind of like telling you all this a little bit backward, I guess, but we're kind of zooming, uh, zooming out, I guess. Sure. Is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, every Saturday is our church, and you know what we're doing here in Japan is church planting, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, church planting and uh, discipleship, I guess. Yeah. But um, that's how you church plant, really. Uh, so every Saturday we have our meeting, um, and I and it's a house church, so we meet in either uh, mine and Jessica's house or another person's house that's part of this uh fellowship and um we have our corporate worship and message and dinner together mm-hmm. and it's that's probably the most those two things they ask the after school club and our uh, church called bff bible family fellowship mm-hmm. is um probably the most interesting that's the brunt of our ministry i think yeah i think it's a lot of where um like BFF is our church, so we have to grow it and make it deeper. And um, in that time, we also have a children's program um, called BFF Kids right before the parents meet. Mm. And so that's there. Um, when I got here, I really saw this need and so said, hey, we're going to do some form of in-depth teaching for these kids. And so I started that um, when we got here. And so we're trying to grow BFF um their faith deeper and then the point of ask is to just look for those who are interested in hearing more about god Mm -hmm. those who are open and try and find them and see um if they would be interested in getting connected with bff um and we also have in the summer we have summer ministries which is crazy um (laughs) we have a summer school program and so a lot of our outreach ministry is through english and teaching english um and in the summer we have a team that comes and they teach english for summer school but really they they come from texas yeah they're they're the texas team and we love them (laughs) um Um, they come and teach English, but more so, again, with Ask, it is mostly about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And everything that we do is about the Bible, and then they get to learn English from that. And um, we, that summer ministry is so huge because there are families who have gotten connected with the Texas team Mm -hmm. and have developed a relationship. And through that team, they have shared books or um, scripture with these people um, and they are growing and wanting to know more about Christ. And there's um, a guy named, um, hold on, Kakusan, what is his first name? Toshi. Toshi. (laughs) Sorry. Um, He is just like, he's not a believer yet, um, but we know that we're praying that he will be because he's just so close and really wants to know more information. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't be like that if the Texas team didn't come mm-hmm. and stay in their home and get to know them. And so we're really grateful for them because they have such a huge influence on our ministry because people come to the um, summer school and get to know everybody and then they want to know more and then they join our after school program and then they want to know more about the Bible and then mm-hmm. they end up coming and being part of our BFF. Yeah. Uh, there's one more uh, weekly ministry that uh, we forgot about. It's uh, BFF Max, mm-hmm. and that is our uh, college uh, ministry. And, you know, like this church is uh, very new. Um, it's just forming. Um, but uh, BFF Max meets uh, right now once a month. 
and um, we host that at our house, and we grill American-style hamburgers and uh, all kinds of other stuff and have the uh, college-age uh, people over. And so that's a uh, refreshing time of uh, more grown-up, I guess, Bible study yeah. as opposed to lots of the kids' ministry that we do. Yeah, there's also like a, mom's, a monthly mom's Bible study that we do um, with the ladies. And it's good for me to go and be part of adult conversation every yeah. now and then. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but also it's good for them because um, they get a break from their kids and are able to actually focus on the Bible time. Whereas when we're at BFF or Ask or anything else, um, it's really difficult for them to focus on what the scripture is, what what scripture they're learning or being taught because they have a two-year-old or a baby or a five-year-old or a 12-year-old acting crazy. So then on Tuesdays, Jessica and I uh, take a Japanese lesson with a member of our church. (laughs) So that about covers the the majority of what we do. I'm getting the idea. Yeah, I'm I'm getting the idea that y'all aren't there on vacation. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm glad you say that, uh, because, uh, we, there's so many things, you know, to do around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we rarely, you know, we haven't really had a lot of time to go do it, but when the Texas team comes, mm-hmm. uh, during the summer, uh, we get to take them and go do some of those, sure. uh, touristy things. Uh, and, but also we uh-huh. actually got to go kind of explore an area around here recently. And I was like, Wow. We've been here for this long. We actually have only this is we've we've just now gone and seen, mm-hmm. you know, this area. It was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's really a nice area. So here's a, a lot of people listening may not be aware of of this about Japan, but what are the statistics that you're aware of as far as how many Japanese are are uh, Christian? Uh, the st- statistic you'll hear the most often is less than half of one percent mm-hmm. um but we actually live in an area that's the called uh kokuda mm-hmm. the kokuda area is where a lot of this uh missionaries historically okay. have uh set foot in japan sure so this area actually has more uh christian influence or at least right. a christian familiarity okay yeah that's that's great information to know I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, they think of Japan being, you know, a modern nation, of, you know, first world kind of nation, but yet, you know, very small uh, percentage are Christian. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, that's actually kind of a common misconception, uh, <laughs> both of those things, because Japan is not actually as first world as we think um major cities i guess are well people yeah we think yeah. we always just picture tokyo but anyway right. that's you bet no that's yeah uh you know that's one of the reasons i think this is good that i'm talking to different you know people serving around the world is you know we get a better picture of what what those locations are like and what the you know influence of you know christian influence is in those areas and what the need is a lot of times we just don't recognize and understand how great the need is around the world mm-hmm. yeah um well i'm gonna start kind of going through the home stretch here and want sure. to talk about you know if you know, as far as challenges go y'all mentioned a while ago which is very common for those who 
you know, go on the field, just hitting that wall around that six month time frame of where you're just like, as you put it, Jessica, you know, you're like going, oh, all these things about this culture are just kind of driving me nuts, you know, or, <laughs> or, yeah. or just the pace that you guys have been on. It's just amazing, you know, since you've been there. But, um, and so those are kind of some challenges that, you know, that's real common, I think, for people that serve right. on the field. Are there some, anything else that, that are challenges? I know you don't want to be negative about stuff, but it's a way that, that people are listening can, can pray for you guys, you know, is like, hey, here's something that is a common thing that they face, and I want to lift mm. them up and intercede for them. Yeah. Um, immediately, what comes to mind is just that the Japanese culture is so the opposite of American culture. Mm, yeah. And so a lot of times I end up stumbling in a lot of relationships, mm. uh, saying something that is a little more forward than the Japanese would say, and it's not quite as polite. <laughs> And um, I always feel bad in relationships, like wondering, do they think that I don't care about them because I say something wrong or because I don't even speak Japanese? Right. Um, And, or a lot of times in conversation, um, there is this wall and it's like my eyes get covered of, I'm listening to the conversation, but because it's in Japanese, my brain just needs a break. Right. And so I zone out and then I catch myself going, I just missed a lot of what happened. And maybe I would have understood like at least a little bit of it. Um, so my biggest concern is that people, I want them to know that we actually care about them and not, you know, that even though right now relationships are really clumsy, sure. <laughs> we really do care about them. You bet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that you worry about, but I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for those that don't know Jessica, you know, right. for the, those of us that do, it's like, uh, I doubt that she offends people very often. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it's true. Well, this one guy, um, he was asking me, um, <laughs> oh man, he said, in Japanese, this is a conversation, and he says, um, do, you, do you like Japan? And I thought he said, um, do you speak Japanese? And right. I said, oh, a little bit. <laughs> well he just starts yeah. laughing he thought it was hilarious well like, later right. he, he had this look of just like okay, oh yeah. okay and he said how long have you been here and i was like oh well four months and he goes oh and he said how long are you gonna be here <laughs> worried <laughs> like worried and concerned yeah but um i went back to him and told him no i really like japan i just <laughs> didn't understand you <laughs> yeah um you know, a lot of times people go on the mission field and wind up struggling with uh, basic cultural things like food, but... Um, Not you. Uh, I know yeah. you Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't Jessica and I kind of have an advantage um, because we really just love the food. I mean, I do. Right. And I know Jessica loves squid. Yeah. So that's just great. I mean, this guy, a friend of ours, came over. He was fishing. He was like, hey, Caleb, if I catch squid today, I'm, I'll call you. So he comes over. And he brings a live squid and just like you know cleans it in our sink and we have squid sashimi that night. It was in a night. bucket. He brought it. Yeah, in I a just told Jessica to that he was coming over, but she didn't really get the you know I didn't give the picture really well. Yeah. But, um, anyway, you know we love it. You know it's good. Sure. But one of the things that is tough that I think um, most people that are not living on the mission field either forget or don't realize, don't really get an insight into often is the strain 
the mental and emotional strain that goes on, especially, uh, I mean, Jessica and I are so lucky that we're here and we are married, but at the same time, that brings its own unique challenges. And, uh, it's very difficult on, it's very tough on your marriage. Yeah. And, um, so (laughs) we have just really, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like if we didn't come on the mission field right. uh, early in our marriage like this. You guys know, but um, so I, you know, you can fill sure. me in on that sometime. I'd love to hear it. You bet. But uh, coming so early in our marriage, it's just a really unique challenge. And I'm just mm-hmm. glad that you know, at all times, one of us is holding on to Jesus. You know, because. Right. <laughs> yep. If, you know, because there's, you know, if we aren't both or one of us, you know, just really holding on to God, uh, we just go flying off and, you know, who knows, into oblivion, you know. So that's a great place that you can pray for us Mm -hmm. because we just need to have uh, lots of grace with each other um, and lots of, you know, forgiveness. And basically, we just need to look to Jesus for our example constantly on how to treat each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the challenges that um, y'all can pray for us about. Yeah, because it's difficult in such a, um, a, and it feels like in this culture, it's so anti you Mm -hmm. and, um, it's so hard because you're trying to figure out what can I get rid of and what, like, what does God really want me to get rid of and what parts of my culture and parts of me do I need to keep? And all the stress and the strains of all of that, it's really easy to get upset at mm-hmm. your spouse over for the dumbest thing over yeah. stupid <laughs> things. And I have um, no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, over the craziest things. And it's really not that you're upset at your spouse. Right. It's really that you're just dealing with the culture and you don't really know how. And right. I think that, um, you know, another thing that you can be praying for is that our friendships that we have here, that they'll grow and we can be able to confide in those other Christian believers that are here and that they will feel comfortable with giving us advice or giving us scripture and not just saying, oh, okay, yeah, I get it, (laughs) you know. And of course, um, you know, for me and Jessica, um, continuing to become proficient in the language uh, will really help with that kind of thing, especially just every day being more comfortable in all situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, you know, for anybody that's on the field, like you guys are, it's a pressure cooker because of the things you described. And yeah. And then there's the other layer of spiritual warfare and right. there's an enemy that doesn't want you to be successful in what you guys are doing. Right. And if he right. can, if he can tear apart y'all's relationship, you know, he may not attack the work that you're doing, but if he can right. make you guys right. not work well together, then then he accomplishes a lot. So that's a huge one. And for yeah. anybody that's on the field, like you said, married couples and families. And uh, so, yes, I'm glad you shared that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm going to do is, you know, invite people to partner with you guys um, and as prayer partners, I'm, I'm assuming that you would welcome that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And, <laughs> and then also, um, I'm assuming, too, that you guys would welcome anyone that would be interested in supporting you guys financially as well. Is that still something that y'all are uh, receiving? Or open yeah, to? you're yeah, always yeah. open to that. And so I think I have that information, but if, I'll, I'll double check when we get offline here. 
and make sure I have it, and I'll include that in the uh, you know the body or the text or the show notes of this podcast on my website. So those that are listening can find out how they can connect with you. You know whether it's uh, via email, if y'all have a like you said you you have a video newsletter you were telling me before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, and other yeah. ways that you can communicate with those that are want to connect with you guys and, and lift you guys up and intercede for y'all, and then also those that want to support you financially. So we want to do that. Awesome. Um, well, any last comment or anything that you want to share and we'll, we'll wrap it up. It's, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, it's been Good. fun to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, guess I want to say thank you and uh, for giving us the opportunity, you know, to yeah. have access to your uh, audience and, uh, you know, I hope that, uh, they are, you know, they will join us, basically join us in praying, you know, just supporting us that way. Um, you know, because we need every, you know, uh, addition we can get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that everybody listening just prays about what God is asking them to do. Right. And if they are being called to come join the fight, because um, it's, there's a lot of lives out there that need to hear about Jesus and uh, this is the greatest work in the whole world to be part of what God is doing. And even though it's hard every single day, um, it's not as hard as it's going to be to look at Jesus in heaven and say, I'm sorry, I didn't tell anyone about you. Mm-hmm. Well put. I think that's a great way to, to sign off today. Thank you, okay. Caleb and Jessica. It's great to talk to you and hope to talk to you again soon. All yeah. right. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Of course, I had the added pleasure of being able to talk and catch up with some family. And really, I enjoyed hearing about all the work that they're doing and the impact that I know that um, God is doing through them. I want to let you know that you can uh, go to this episode directly on my website to get some of the links. And also, we'll have the prayer points, the different things that they talk about and ways that we can pray for them, as well as a link to the website of the ministry that they are serving with, which is called Aroma Ministries. All that will be on uh, my website where this episode is, is located, and it'll be in the show notes. So here's how you get there. Type in www.kennethacamp.com slash session2. And two is just the number two. So again, that's www.kennethacamp.com slash session two. And that'll take you straight to uh, this blog post with the podcast episode there, as well as um, ways that you can get in contact with Caleb and Jessica, how you can uh, pray for them, and also at least a link to their ministry website. Um, Again, I'm excited about sharing these interviews with you, and I hope it is uh, as inspiring for you as it is for me. And thank you again for joining me at His Hands, His Feet. Until next time.